Welcome to Liberation Lab, where we invite the brightest minds in healthcare and technology to share their expertise and thought leadership with our aerial community. The 2021 CMS Prior Authorization Rule was recorded on February 25, 2021. In this episode, Julie Barnes, JD, founder and principal of Maverick Health Policy, shares valuable insight into the prior authorization rule affecting utilization management and what health plans and healthcare providers should be considering as policies evolve. So first, I want to give you a little bit of background on Julie and the work that she's been doing as a healthcare policy expert. She has years of experience and will share some of that experience in working with CMS prior authorization rule changes, provisions, requirements, everything in the government space. Julie is bringing a great presentation. I know you'll be thrilled to hear what she has to say. I'm glad to be here to share information about the prior authorization rule today. Like so many federal regulations, the status of this one is is evolving. Many factors at play, including uh, the change in the administration and ongoing pandemic. We are talking about the prior authorization rule today because it was finalized on January 15th, just five days before President Biden was inaugurated. The purpose of the rule was to help healthcare providers know in advance what documentation is required to authorize treatment. And the process for prior auth will now be automated directly from the provider's EHR system. So obviously, this will streamline the turnaround time for prior auth decisions quite a bit. If the rule is implemented as it is currently drafted, then the new prior auth rule will take effect in January 2023. But like dozens of other federal rules, it is currently undergoing review by the new administration. And they have not yet signaled whether they intend to implement it or change it or withdraw it. Some of you may have heard that the administration withdrew the rule, the prior authorization rule, which is really not true. You can find the press release, or you cannot find the press release, this is part of the problem, or the rule on the HH website. It was up once and it is not now because those have been taken down while the rule is uh, undergoing review. But there is this fierce healthcare article you see here. It may have contributed to some confusion about whether it is formally withdrawn. When a rule is is finalized, there's really only two ways to eliminate it altogether. It takes an act of Congress or just issuing a whole new proposed rule with a whole new comment period. Neither of those things have happened. So we will wait and see. But it seems likely that the rule will move forward, at least in some form. So we'll take a minute to review the rule and and its purpose. So really, this is part of an overall policy scheme to create more transparency about the healthcare system. So this has been for several years through several administrations on both sides of the political aisle, For years, they have been trying to to pull back the curtain, um, not only to give people access to their own healthcare records and make sure the system is sharing information, but also creating rules that address pain points in the system like this one by making the prior authorization process more transparent and easier and faster. So the whole point of this rule is to reduce the amount of time providers and patients must wait for a prior authorization decision. So 
obviously for urgent requests, payers need to turn that around within three days. And to make decisions for things that aren't as urgent, uh, they have up to a week. But the rule really forces plans to streamline that decision, automate it through the EHR system, and then explain why the authorization decision went the way it went. So this rule was pushed through very quickly. So it applies only to three different types of health plans. One is Medicaid, one is CHIP, and then one is qualified health plans. So Medicare Advantage and uh, employer-sponsored insurance, they were not included. There was no time to do that. So it is expected, but isn't happening yet, that these rules will apply, particularly to Medicare Advantage, but uh, to all plans at some point. And as I said, this is all part of a bigger plan. The, The prior rule or the prior authorization rule builds on the CMS interoperability rule for payers, which is effective already this year. It's being enforced in July, but it's already effective right now. And the interoperability rule says that payers must share claims and clinical data with plan members electronically by transferring information to a third-party app of their choice using what's called a patient access API. I'm sure most of you know this, but Beginning on January 1st, 2023, payers must add on to that patient access API with this prior authorization requirement. So it's all part part of the whole plan. So there are five main components to this rule. We'll just go over the, the meat of it, which is the document requirement lookup service. So that is this application programming interface tool, which must be capable of being integrated directly with the provider's EHR system. And that is for the purpose of allowing providers to electronically locate prior authorization requirements for each specific payer. So that would be a game changer. And then the other part is just making sure that it's electronic. So the API must be able to send prior auth requests and receive responses electronically. So we're not doing faxes anymore with this rule. And then again, payers must give a reason for the denial. So there must be a very specific reason. It has to be a short time frame. And after this for uh, a year by, well, actually it's uh, it's just a couple of months worth of, of activity. Uh, by March 31st, 2023, payers must publicly report that data about the prior authorization process. So They have to include the number of requests approved, denied, and approved after appeal, and the average time it took between submission and determination. So there's a reporting requirement as well. There was pretty significant industry comments on the proposed rule. As you might imagine, provider and hospital groups were pretty psyched um, that there was a rule that addressed their long-time painful experience with prior authorization and just stringent requirements that delayed care. Health plans and Medicaid directors, however, felt a little differently. Um, At the very least, they all agreed that there was just not enough time to review the rule. And that's just a fact. Uh, I mean, the rule was proposed on December 10th, 2020. It wasn't published formally until eight days later. So they put it up on the website, but it wasn't formal. So you don't have to start the clock ticking until um, it was published in the Federal Register on December 18th. And then 
interested parties only had 17 days to review 100 pages and then draft comments. And that is an excruciatingly short time period, particularly because it came over the, the winter holidays in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so it was a kind of crazy short time period. So much so that the trade association AHIP alleged that the truncated period was a violation of the Administrative Procedure Act um, and just made it really difficult, truly, to analyze, you know, a technically complex rule. So that is still out there and still part of the reason why some people think this might not really go through as is. It's not clear, but it, it's a lot. So that's that's still part of what the Biden administration, I'm sure, is now trying to figure out how fair it is to move forward as is. We will tell you um, really just kind of where this, uh, where this stands right now. So it is true, despite the sort of last rush to get it published, the prior authorization rule has been in the works for years. And, you know, you want to take into consideration that it's primarily a mandate for health plans and it helps providers. So if you're looking at whether or not uh, it's something during a pandemic that you want to sort of relax or loosen up on. Mm, health plans are not exactly um, someone everyone feels sorry for right now, but hospitals you want to help, right? Physicians you want to help. So it seems unlikely for something that helps providers, the Biden administration would, would withdraw or delay. But it, it did go through the process really hastily. And one of the reasons why the Biden administration might frown on that and change it is because it doesn't include Medicare Advantage plans as other interoperability rules do. So you've got a disjointed situation where the whole platform on which the prior auth rule stands, you have a whole set of entities, Medicare Advantage plans, that interoperability applies to, but the prior auth rules don't. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So CMS may reopen the rule for comments. It's not clear. But right now, the rule is on hold. It, it just uh, is not a good idea to ignore them because it's, it's pretty clear that this rule will go through at some point in some form. We care in general, but we also care because the patient experience score is going to become so much more important. So the industry is really shifting into taking the patient experience and empowering patients in general very seriously. So as you might imagine, the prior authorization rule is really about making sure that people get the right treatment for the right cost. And they do so without delay. So that is an important consideration when you think about how patient experience measures are going to be so much more important moving forward, especially for the Medicare Advantage STARS program. So that major financial incentive program for Medicare Advantage plans will now take very seriously how well that prior authorization process works so that they can get bonus payments as a result of of getting higher scores. So that's a big deal. NCQA is responding with a pledge to create an online uh, experience survey that people can do right on their phone so it's not hard for them. The much relied on CAPS survey is in need of some updating and that is also being recognized by, by stakeholders. So I expect that we will see some revisions about exactly how people are able to comment and respond to uh, to their experiences, you know, in inside a physician office, but really while they are waiting for approval 
to get a service or treatment paid for in a reasonable period of time. That is going to be a, a big demand and I think will be reflected in some of these all important surveys. So we're already seeing movement. I won't name names, but health plans are already starting to eliminate some prior authorization requirements. I think once the competitors start to realize that this is going to be a nice play for them and it doesn't hurt anything to streamline a prior authorization process, I think the biggest problem for plans are outliers in the prior authorization process, but there are some things that if this doctor said this about this condition, you should just approve it. So we'll see a lot of that happening where it's just a no-brainer. And it's just the ones that are tricky and not clear that will get a very serious review like normal. Thank you for joining us today for Liberation Lab, hosted by MedDecision. Visit liberate.health and subscribe for regular industry news, views, and events.